It's 8 o'clock. Good morning. This is Northern Light for Thursday, December 14th. I'm Monica Sandresky. And I'm Todd Moe. Aerospace company Beta Technologies in Vermont is getting $20 million from New York State to help expand its Plattsburgh facility. In exchange, it has to employ at least 85 people there. It will be good jobs for folks in the area. I believe it will expand in future. It will only get bigger. The military is opening more child care centers, but thousands of kids remain on wait lists due to staffing shortages. There are servicemen and women who put their lives in the line every day to protect our, our freedoms. But they're also those same family members who are most likely not living anywhere near their family support. We'll listen back to a listener's poem about finding beauty in these chilly winter mornings and some new music from an Albany-based group, The Sea, The Sea, just in time for the holidays. All of that and more is coming up on Northern Light. Stick with us. Broadcast of Northern Light here on North Country Public Radio is supported by Gray and Gray and Associates, CPAs, an accounting and financial services firm in northern New York, with offices in Canton, Potsdam, and Spring Hill, Florida. GrayCPAS.com. And by AdirondackExplorer.com and AdirondackAlmanac.com, presenting daily updated news on public policy, environmental issues, and local communities in the Adirondack Park. This is Northern Light. I'm Monica Sandreski. And I'm Todd Moe. A Vermont-based aerospace company is getting a big investment from New York State to expand its facility in Plattsburgh. Beta Technologies is developing rechargeable all-electric aircraft. It announced plans earlier this year to certify one of its planes with the goal of getting it to commercial customers in 2025. As Kara Chapman reports, Beta's aircraft will take off into the market from Plattsburgh. Beta Technologies will get a $20 million grant to support a $41 million expansion of its flight testing facility at Plattsburgh International Airport. In exchange for the state money, Beta has to create 85 new full-time jobs there. Well, it's terrific news for the entire region. That's Clinton County Legislature Chair Mark Henry. Clinton County owns the Plattsburgh Airport. It will be good jobs for folks in the area. I believe it will expand in future. It will only get bigger. Once the expansion is complete, the facility will serve as Beta's manufacturing and final assembly hub. It'll also be a permanent flight test and aircraft delivery center. COO Blaine Newton says that means it's where all the finishing touches will take place before the aircraft go to customers. There are many customers who want to do a flight test with us, uh, and then we'll actually hand over the proverbial keys to the customers at that site as well. Newton says jobs at the facility will include maintenance technicians, aircraft mechanics, engineers, customer service representatives, and aircraft painters. He says how many of each position they'll hire will evolve as they recruit. This is, in our mind, what New York State and Clinton County do really, really well, is lean forward in these these new industries and, and help develop the talent that is needed as we grow. 
And that's already in the works. Earlier this year, Beta launched a program with CV Tech that trained several automotive technology students to paint Beta's aircraft. Michelle Friedman is the Director of Career and Technical Education at CV Tech. She says the next cohort is queued up and ready to go. So by the time the painting facility opens on the Plattsburgh, the former Plattsburgh Air Force Base, we will have a pipeline ready and certified AFEs ready to go over. Newton says Beta's already purchased equipment for the paint booth those technicians would use. And the company's looking at what other workforce development initiatives it can create across the North Country. Newton says the hope is that construction on the expansion will start next year. Our anticipation is that customers will start taking delivery of our aircraft, certified aircraft, in you know 2025. And so we're fighting to reach those, uh, those timelines. The news of Beta's expansion comes during a tough year for manufacturing in Clinton County. Novabus announced in June that it plans to close its factory and pull out of the area by 2025. And this fall, pharmaceutical company Sterex closed its Plattsburgh facilities. Mark Henry, the county legislature chair, says the news that Beta is growing shows the county can attract new businesses. It's always disappointing uh, when businesses leave here for whatever reason, obviously. It has a tremendous impact, but we seem to be pretty resilient and uh, uh, attract businesses like Beta uh, to come in and take their place and provide uh, uh, jobs and opportunity for the folks here. In addition to the state funding, Beta recently got approved for a $169 million loan from the Export-Import Bank of the United States. It'll finance the company's net-zero final assembly production facility in Vermont and support 400 clean energy jobs. Kara Chapman, North Country Public Radio. A North Country as sheriff spoke at a congressional hearing last week on how increased immigration is impacting emergency management services. Over the last year, the southern border has seen historic numbers of people trying to cross. U.S. Customs and Border Protection statistics show that the number of encounters along the northern border have also greatly increased. Clinton County Sheriff David Favreau said the flow of migrants has placed a significant strain on the county. The influx of transient populations funneled through our region has not only raised concerns, but has led to a surge in emergency response calls. Favreau said the region's weather and terrain pose risks for both the migrants trying to cross the border and first responders. He said other concerns include agency staffing shortages, housing shortages, and high-speed pursuits. Favreau, a Democrat, voiced support for bringing back Trump-era border policies to stem the flow. The federal government must enact legislation to ensure the lasting security of our border, reinstating The MPP remain in Mexico policy is a crucial step towards regaining control and understanding who enters our country. The controversial remain in Mexico policy required asylum seekers to wait in Mexico until their hearings. Opponents said it put them at risk of violence. The Biden administration formally ended the program but continued to use a different Trump policy to expel migrants until earlier this year. Governor Kathy Hochul signed four new laws yesterday designed to protect consumers from things like price gouging and medical debt. One prohibits hospitals, healthcare professionals, and ambulances from reporting medical debt to credit agencies. Hochul says medical debt can directly impact a person's health. When you think about you know, a mother sitting in a parking lot deciding whether she should take her child into an emergency room or not. You know, is she going to be able to pay for this? Is she going to be straddled with debt? I mean, the, the level of stress this causes. Think about a an elderly citizen who's taking their prescription drugs, opens up the bottle, empties it on the table, and cuts the pill in half to make sure it can last. 
Beth Finkel, president of AARP New York, says many seniors are especially susceptible. They're living on a fixed income, and it's so much harder when they rack up debt. And so this is a great protection for them. Reporting medical debt to credit agencies can really further hobble people's abilities to be able to get loans, to get mortgages, to be able to keep their head above water. Other legislation Hochul signed yesterday includes a law about automatic subscription renewals. Businesses now have to notify consumers of upcoming automatic charges at least 15 days in advance. The man in charge of New York State's university system is one of the highest paid public education officials in the country. That's as the SUNY system faces a 20% slash in enrollment over the past decade and multiple campuses are in dire financial straits. Catherine Wheeler reports. WKBW-TV in Buffalo reports SUNY Chancellor John King makes $750,000 a year. That's $300,000 more than his predecessor and three times more than Governor Kathy Hochul's salary. King also receives $210,000 worth of allowances as a part of his benefits. SUNY system is the largest university system in the country. King holds multiple advanced degrees, including a law degree and a doctorate in education. He's also served as the Secretary of Education under former President Obama. At the same time, colleges in the SUNY system are struggling. SUNY Potsdam has announced the discontinuance of multiple degree programs in response to a $9 million structural deficit. Last week, SUNY Fredonia announced it was cutting 13 programs. Catherine Wheeler, North Country Public Radio. You're listening to Northern Light right here on North Country Public Radio, 10 minutes past 8. Good morning, I'm Todd Moe. And I'm Monica Sandreski. Just ahead, we've got a listener's poem for the snow and chilly temperatures. That's coming up in just a few minutes right here on Northern Light, which is supported by listeners just like you. You are how NCPR stays strong. So before the new year arrives, consider making a vehicle donation or stock transfer to support the programs you enjoy. It's easy. Go to ncpr.org slash support. And happy holidays to you and yours from everyone at North Country Public Radio. Music by Eric Pasternak in Bloomingdale. Northern Light is supported by Gray and Gray and Associates, CPAs and Accounting and Financial Services firm in Northern New York with offices in Canton, Potsdam, Spring Hill, Florida, graycpas.com. And by Cronin's Golf Resort, a regional destination for golf, dining and lodging in the Southern Adirondacks. Details at croninsgolfresort.com.
Fort Drum is getting almost 1,500 new personnel and soldiers. The North Country base was selected to house U.S. Army Multi-Domain Task Force Number 2, along with a base in Germany. According to Senator Chuck Schumer's office, multi-domain task forces are part of the Army's mission to combat emerging national security threats. Fort Drum and the Germany base will support European Command. Task Force soldiers will likely rotate between the two bases starting in 2025. Childcare is among the largest expenses faced by working families, including those in the armed services. But thousands of military parents are on wait lists, unable to enroll their kids in base childcare centers. The problem is both a lack of staff and a shortage of childcare facilities. While the Pentagon has made some progress addressing the issue, families can still wait years for a childcare opening. Andrew Dyer reports for the American Homefront Project. Are you ready for your nap? It's almost nap time at the Navy's Child Development Center on Marine Corps Air Station Miramar in San Diego. And the toddlers in this class are just finishing some snacks before lying down. This brand new center opened in October. It's high tech and secure. A wall of monitors in the lobby shows live video from each of the classrooms. Parents can drop in any time and see their children and front desk staff can see what's happening at all times. All its classrooms open to outdoor age-appropriate playgrounds. Most are empty now, but Janet Hooten, who manages child and youth programs for the Navy throughout the Southwest, says once the center is fully staffed, there will be room for more than 300 children, space that's desperately needed. We're excited about that because uh, our wait list is about 500 children for just Miramar. But Metro San Diego, we have about 2,600 children on the wait list, and about 1,100 of those are under the age of 12 months. Those numbers are significantly better than they were during the summer of 2022 when more than 4,000 military kids were on the San Diego wait list. They're just part of the more than 8,500 military children worldwide the Pentagon says are waiting now. Another 2,000 non-military children are also waiting to be placed in Defense Department child care centers. Francisco Jameson is the Chief of Military Programs and Strategy at Child Care Aware of America, the nonprofit that helps manage the Pentagon's fee assistance subsidy for military families. He says child care challenges are especially difficult for those families. There's servicemen and women who put their lives in the line every day to protect our, our freedoms. But there are also those same family members who are most likely not living anywhere near their family support. And that lack of family support is why I think it's so important for non-military folks to understand that that's why the military needs to be taken care of, especially. He says long wait lists are just a symptom of a larger problem nationwide. Ten years ago, the wait list was the biggest challenge, in my opinion. It has gone down, to, in my opinion, to third place. Having enough staff, having enough centers are way more important now because the wait list would be improved if we could fix that. Sarah Jacobs, a California Democrat, sits on the House Armed Services Committee. Miramar is part of her district, as are thousands of service members living in central and eastern San Diego County. She says taking care of military families at home should be a top Pentagon priority. The number one thing that I hear from military families in my town halls with them and conversation is really about quality of life issues, predominantly housing and childcare. 
Jacobs points to several amendments in next year's defense bill she says will address child care, including better pay and benefits for workers and a boost in the child care subsidy service members receive. And then also on the family side, uh, increasing transparency and accuracy of the wait lists um, so that they understand, uh, you know, how long they have to wait. The new Miramar Center is the first of three facility projects in San Diego. Another center at Miramar is being updated and the Navy's building another brand new center at Naval base point Loma. In addition to building new centers, Hooten says better pay and bonuses are helping. A partnership with local colleges is also promising. We are in the process of working with our colleges that have the early childhood department and so uh, looking at internship and bringing them on board as well. Jameson says it's important for military families to get on the wait list as soon as they learn they're expecting a child. Don't wait until the baby's born. Reporting from San Diego, I'm Andrew Dyer. This story was produced by the American Homefront Project, a public media collaboration that reports on American military life and veterans. Citizen Advocates Behavioral Health Urgent Care Center in Watertown is now open 24-7. The facility is located at 650 State Street. It offers round-the-clock mental health and addiction treatment services. Those include medication management, counseling, and peer support services. No appointments or referrals are needed. Citizen Advocates also runs 24-7 urgent care centers in Malone and Ogdensburg. The nonprofit says the Watertown facility will employ more than 60 people when fully staffed. At least part of the Winter Olympics could return to Lake Placid in 2026. According to the Adirondack Daily Enterprise, the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee submitted a bid earlier this month to host the sliding competitions at Mount Van Hovenberg. Rockefeller Center in New York City would be the site of the medal ceremonies. Milano Cortina, Italy, is the host site for the 2026 Games, but organizers said in October that they would not be able to hold the luge, bobsled, and skeleton events there. They said it would be too costly to rebuild the track. The Enterprise reports that if the Lake Placid New York City bid is accepted, it would be the first Winter Olympics to have events outside the host nation. You're listening to Northern Light here on North Country Public Radio. I'm Todd Moe. And I'm Monica Sandreski. In just a minute, music and poetry for a chilly December morning. That's coming up in just a minute. Then stick around after the show for Bird Note, just ahead at 842. But first, Todd has a look at the weather for us. Mm, Temperatures right now, single digits in the High Peaks region and uh, teens elsewhere right now. Uh, The Weather Service says sunshine, at least partly to mostly sunny today, a high in the 30s, low 30s for much of the region, mid-30s in places like uh, Saratoga Springs and Glens Glens Falls. Uh, Tonight, uh, lows in the 20s and then increasing clouds tomorrow, so a mix of clouds and sun on Friday, a high near 40 miles 
milder through the weekend with clouds and highs in uh, the low 40s on Saturday and mid to upper 40s on Sunday with a good chance of rain. Monday, also a chance of rain showers with highs in the 40s near 50 in the afternoon on Monday. Right now, partly cloudy, 18 above in Canson. Chilly morning temperatures like today can feel bitter and harsh, but not so for listener Peter Ladd. He's a professor at St. Lawrence University and spent much of his career working in counseling and family services in Aquasasne. In the winter of 2022, he penned a poem for wintertime called Diamonds in the Snow. I get up around 6, 6.30 in the morning, and we've had a, a long stretch of very cloudy weather and very cold and uh it just so happened uh i looked out the window and the sun was just coming up and i was uh, there was quite a bit of snow and um i looked at the snow and i saw all these shiny objects and um my imagination kind of caught up with what i saw and uh later on i just said you know those were those are diamonds in the snow, actually. It looked just, if I didn't know what they, what it was, I would think that they were just diamonds. And it made me feel good. And so I decided to put it down on paper. And every now and then I look at it. Would you mind reading your poem for me right now? Oh, sure. Let me get my glasses on. <clears throat> All right. A frigid day below zero. Snow everywhere. No clouds, no wind. A thousand beads of sun emerging off a white blanket with shimmering intent. To create a spectacle of glare, refined by human imagination. A vision among the glacial spirit and the warmth of intimate contact. Lay diamonds in the snow. Thousands of diamonds with multiple radiance, warming a cold and withering soul. A fleeting gift of opulence through the glitter of sunlight in a season filled with gray, a moment of relief before the clouds return. There. Uh, That was wonderful. Thank you. For, For being about such cold weather, there is such a warmth to your poem. I think sometimes we get into a mindset as to the way things are. And if we look at it from a, just a different perspective, we realize we can find not only the gray sky and all the tolerance of winter, but we can also enjoy. And in this case, I was, I felt really good about it to the point that I decided to write about it, and I'm glad I did. There's a couple of lines in your poem, a thousand beads of sun emerging off a white blanket with shimmering intent to create a spectacle of glare refined by human imagination. Could you tell me a little bit about that line? Yeah, all the perceptions that I had were of a thousand beads of sun. It was reflecting off this blanket of snow, and I thought it had meaning. It had intent, and the intent was to create 
enough glare that is combined with my own imagination, sort of changing the glare into something different. And what I came up with was diamonds in the snow, thousands of them. And uh, so I think it was a combination of what I saw and what my imagination wanted, wanted to add to it. Oh, that the thousands of diamonds are, are the result of those things combining together. Exactly. The diamonds are my conclusion to that experience of having that experience, both from my imagination, but also from my perception. I just combined them and I gave it a name. And calling it then to um, a vision among the glacial spirit and the warmth of intimate contact. I mean, there's the warmth in that poem right there, even explicitly named. Well, I, I think winter has a glacial spirit. It's different than spring or summer or fall. It has its own basic spirits. I just thought that I got an intimate contact with it. And so between the spirit of winter and my allowing myself to get intimate with it, it may created some meaning. And I would imagine that this is not your first poem that you've written. No, no. I have a book coming out in February of poems. Oh. And uh, I've been writing poems since the Vietnam War days. Some of my friends have encouraged me to put them all together. I haven't written a, a lot about myself, though sometimes it comes out. But I've written about different experiences that I've gone through. So having been on the Mohawk Reservation for as long as I've been at St. Lawrence, I've written about sweat lodges and clan mothers and about some of the work that I've done as far as suffering. It's about, it's about 40 years of poems. Things shift for me. I wrote a, the last poem I wrote was about rainbows. I hope people, I hope they enjoy it. Maybe it'll make some people are happy. Peter Ladd sharing his poem, Diamonds in the Snow. That book he published in 2022 is called A Scar is Not a Wound and is out now. You're listening to Northern Light right here on North Country Public Radio. It's about 825. Good morning. I'm Monica Sandreski here with Todd Moe. And we've got new holiday music from the duo The Sea, The Sea. This group is based in the Capital Region and often performs in the Glens Falls, Queensbury area, and in Saratoga Springs, too. So this is a new song out from them for the holidays called It Won't Be Christmas Without You. made a list I checked it twice Hung the stockings from the chimney and trimmed the tree in lights and when it snows won't it be Oh, right. and all is calm, all is calm. 
song, It Won't Be Christmas Without You. That's it for Northern Light. On this Thursday morning, we're back to more of Morning Edition in about a minute. Then, after that, stick around for the Marketplace Morning Report coming up between 8.51 and 9 o'clock, where we'll get caught up on all the morning's business news. Then this afternoon, if you do love bluegrass and a dance set, don't forget to tune in this afternoon for String Fever with your host, Barb Heller, from 3 to 5 this afternoon and every Thursday afternoon right here on North Country Public Radio. And if you miss an episode of Northern Light, never fear. You can always listen back to the archive any place you get your podcasts. And while you're there, we've got plenty of podcasts for you to check out from this station, including our daily news roundup, Story of the Day, hosted by David Summerstein, our storytelling podcast, hosted by Ethan Shanty, featuring your stories and those of your neighbors, and our magazine-style show, Northwards with Mitch Tyke, where you'll hear interviews and features with folks in our community that make this place special. That's it for the show. I'm Monica Sandreski. I'm Todd Moe. Thanks for listening. Be well.